perfectly fine. Fine. Okay, fine. 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 You're listening to Everything is Fine in Southwest Washington, where we recognize that everything is not at all fine, discuss what we can do about it, and empower you to connect with your community. I believe that my children deserve a stable life and living without the fear of not having to choose between all those basic needs and housing. And I believe that they deserve living without the fear of not ha- not having where to live. Washington's housing crisis has severely impacted my family. My sister, an essential health care worker, can work anywhere but cannot afford to live in Whatcom County and has had to move away. My dad owned a modular home until the landlord raised the rent on his plot of dirt more than what his fixed income could afford. As a 73-year-old man, he now lives like a college student because he's lost everything. My rent has doubled since 2016, and this year my landlord raised my rent an additional $500 a month despite refusing to fix multiple leaks in my roof. My brother's solves his severe stress brought on by housing instability by committing suicide. I wish that my story was unique, but for far too many families in Washington, this has become commonplace. Please pass House Bill 2114 and end our suffering. Thank you. I've had multiple rent increases throughout the years, and I ask myself, what more do you want from me? A 10% rent increase is an extra $189 a month and $2,268 extra a year. On my current rent of $1,895 for my two bedroom duplex, plus utilities, electricity, diapers, food, gas for car, phone and internet. Rent stabilization would give me my family the security homeowners have and a 5% rent increase a year would be a reasonable amount. This bill would protect from the higher rent prices so that I don't become homeless again. The fear housing insecurity causes has a massive toll on my life and mental health and my children's mental health. Our nine-year-old had a mental health crisis this past November. My children need stability and the ability to stay in their same school. When you keep people in their homes, they feel better and they do better. So I am a human being, not a dollar sign who wants to thrive just like you do. Uh, We want the housing security like all of you have. I'm sad and scared and I'm asking for help. So we are the creators of our reality. So please vote yes for rent stabilization. Uh, My wife and I live in a 1969 trailer in Kenmore in which we have over $250,000 invested for which we pay over $1,500 per month just to rent a space. Our rent has increased 35.7% over what it was three years ago, not including over 100 items our landlord has detailed in our newest lease that by signing it, we are obligated to pay for his additional rent, including his insurance, the replacement of the water, sewer, and fire hydrant systems, and repaving the roads. In the last three years, our landlord has taken away our laundry room, moved our mailboxes from a heated room to outside in the wet, freezing Washington weather, and stated in the last lease that the potholed road is now our only amenity. With the latest lease, we are now expected to absorb all of the landlord's expenses so that the rent is pure profit. We are held hostage by our landlord because by law, our mobile home cannot be moved. If we lose our lease, we lose our home which represents my entire 35-year pension. 
excuse me, plus 20,000 in demolition costs, and we will have to continue paying rent until the lot has been rented next to the next tenant. I've heard speakers say this morning that increasing the number of units will decrease rent prices. I'm 66 years old. I have never in my life seen rent decrease. This bill can make a difference now. Thank you. Access to safe and affordable housing is a right we must secure. As your senator, I'm dedicated to addressing housing and homelessness in the 49th District. Prevention through rental assistance and tenants' rights protection is essential. Research and data will guide our evidence-based decisions. Let's raise awareness, break stigmas, and create a community where everyone has safe housing. Mental health matters. I will continue to fight for access to quality mental health services, ensuring affordability and accessibility for all. In times of crisis, immediate support is crucial. Let's break the stigma, prioritize mental health, and create a supportive community together. Dear seniors, I stand with you. My campaign deeply values your immense contribution and wisdom. Your needs are my priority. I champion policies that honor your voice and ensure that you're heard. I tirelessly uphold secure and dignified retirements. Comfort and independence are your rights. I advocate for affordable housing. Together, we can positively change the 49th District and grow our vibrant Vancouver community. Remember, your voice matters and your vote counts. Today, we're talking about a lot of things, I'd say. Okay. The broader theme is rent stabilization, right? The rent stabilization bill we're going to talk about, which leads to the Colombian sucks. <laughs> which <laughs> the seems Colombian to be... sucks needs its own episodes. Yes, but yes. I have been wanting to do the Colombian sucks for a long time, so we will... And at least it's a running theme. It's, yes. Like when you and I talk, it's like yes. there's usually something about the Colombian sucking, which leads to corruption, another theme wow. that you and I usually... Uh, Touch on, which then leads to Dem suck. Another common theme. <laughs> and then hopefully we'll have a conversation about how many eggs. I guess this is how I was like phrasing it to you when we were talking about it. Like, how many eggs do we put in the basket of electoralism versus um, organizing for a social housing initiative or organizing just to like pressure our own local government that's there right. that's going to be more receptive to what we have to say and um you know then the washington state legislature for example because we're going to be talking about what the hell went down there <laughs> today so and yeah who knows maybe we'll we'll touch on some mgp bullshit but uh yeah might I not mean, have enough time for we'll see we'll see Okay, so I just want to explain, although you probably already know this, Philip, for listeners, kind of set the stage and how this came about. So at the time that I'd already pl been planning this interview with Tiffany from How's Our, How's Our Neighbors on social housing, this rent stabilization bill, um, which is basically like a bill to address rent gouging by mm -hmm. landlords, um, made its way, was making its way through the state legislature that would regulate landlords to do the most basic reasonable things like have a cap on how much they can increase rent every year 
and like you know some other basic tenant protections right so currently there is no nothing nothing stopping them from just doing whatever the hell they want where rent is concerned that is the status quo yes (laughs) (laughs) you could jack it up to whatever like obscene levels you want as as far as i understand yes and so this is this uh bill had been like long long coming i'm not exactly sure like how long but last year they had um they had a version of it where it would cap it at three percent so Mm -hmm. they could increase it even less um per year but of course it didn't pass then um and it died in one side of the legislature recently and that's what we're going to get into you know what i wonder i wonder how many of the politicians voting on this are renters because i'm gonna bet none oh nobody yeah oh yeah yeah annette cleveland owns her home I guess that's the first time I said <laughs> there's a foreshadow for there, everybody. There, that's a spoiler, not a foreshadow. <laughs> I checked her uh, personal uh, yeah, financial disclosures. Yeah, of course she owns her own home. She is not a landlord, though. There was a question of whether she's a landlord, but there's other, we know there's other monetary motivations yeah. <laughs> for why she may or may, yeah, may have voted the way she did or, yeah. Well, well we yeah. should we should get to that. Next yeah, <laughs> yeah, we'll get there. Okay, so how it went down, how this whole bill process went down recently. So the bill, like I said, put five percent a five percent cap per year on landlords, um, increasing rents on people, and then as it made its way through the committee, as we just said, friend of the show, state senator from the forty ninth <laughs> district, if. People are longtime listeners. You've heard this person's name before, or if, yeah, if you've been involved in local politics, you probably very much dislike this person um, <laughs> if you're listening to this podcast. So Annette Cleveland, she was the lone holdout. And at that time, when it was in this process, she told the Colombian that she was discussing with colleagues, stakeholders, and other housing experts. Remember, they're the experts. Ah. <laughs> they're housing experts to understand the ramifications of the policy. Um, she was said to be oh so concerned, Philip, about the unintended consequences. The unintended consequences, like people can afford to pay their goddamn rent. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. She also said it was like, like price control was like a a, a failed Republican bill what? back in the day. I don't know. She made all kinds of excuses. Yeah, it was like. It was like bullshit. She like made it like a, like that had been a Republican bill and actually she was being the good Democrat by be- yeah. <laughs> we'll get to her bullshit excuses too at the end of the day. Cause at this point, I mean, I guess people can know how she voted and how this debacle went down, but yeah, you know, we'll get there. But I did want to ask you, Philip. So, um, what, if you want to take a stab at it, what do you think she meant by stakeholders and housing experts? Developers? Yeah. Developers, D- real estate, I, landlords. Yeah, landlords. Oh my God. <laughs> right? Yes. Those are probably the stakeholders and the housing experts she was listening to, right? There's also this kind of advocacy group that was leading the charge on this is who who also had some experts some experts to weigh in <laughs> but this was the this was the group that was the pu- pushing the rent stabilization policy oh, okay and i imagine that she heard from 
that group right. or from their experts, but you know, so, how much weight did she give them versus right? Versus I'm, others. I'm assuming these people, when you say experts, are actual people who know what they're talking about, <laughs> yeah, and well, not just people trying to push like an agenda. It, well, exactly. I mean, that would be the. I mean. Sure, they're pushing an agenda, but well, you're talking about a, this I, industry in the, in the, versus yes, 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 versus like a nonprofit an, trying an to do industry shill pushing the industry's agenda is different than an actual expert testifying to yeah, this is something we need to be doing. Yeah, or I'm sure they have like their experts right or whatever, but um, I don't, I don't know. It feels less slimy to me if it's kind yeah, of exactly, exactly, um, because you know where. I, this is a lopsided fight, right? It's always going to be a lopsided fight. Yeah. You have this big business industry and all of their influences and PACs and experts. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. there's like this, you know, this grassroots, mighty, you know, exactly. housing advocate organization plus exactly. others. What you did right there, like when, you, when you've got the, the big corporate interests like their experts are in quotation marks and then <laughs> yeah exactly the, the, and i guess uh, the, that shows like has, our bias but it's like come on come on it's an underdog bias yeah exactly everybody loves an underdog <laughs> yeah exactly but yeah to their to their their credit what the the washington low income housing alliance they pointed to similar policies in many other areas of the country that showed you know quote no significant impacts of rent regulations on rates of new housing construction, which was one of the main arguments of this bill. That So the argument is like, oh, this is going to like slow the construction of new housing because these like investors aren't going to want to come in because there's going to be regulations on this stuff. And you need the housing because we got to bring up the supply so that the houses go down the supply and demand and da da da. And so you better watch out if you put any regulations and like the developers aren't going to come in. There's going to be no investment and no like people to come in and build all the housing construction. So that was the argument. But apparently this is not the first policy in the United States, you know, similar policy in the United States has been passed. So luckily there were other places to point to that showed no significant impact. Yeah. But I don't know, maybe Annette Cleveland didn't get the, get the memo on that one. And then there were experts such as Kyle Crowder from the university of Washington and Mark Paul, an economist and nationally regulated expert on the causes of inequality, who said that this bill would not have the unintended consequences of <laughs> landlords selling their property or that this bill would curb excessive landlord power while still allowing them to enjoy a reasonable profit. So there were experts and yeah. examples that weighed in that kind of pointed to it wasn't going to like... F everything up. It right. was going to, um, it it would it was just a reasonable bill that would have helped people out during a housing the crisis. People who need the help, not the people raking in all the money off the you know at the expense of the people who need help. Exactly, exactly. And what was the Colombian like after this all went down? They were citing that twenty five percent of people in Clark County or Vancouver. I think it was Vancouver are paying more than half of their income on rent. And then, you know, like the, you know, the typical standard is like 30% is what you, is like a fair amount to be paying on rent. So it's like a quarter of people are like paying way to the fuck much on rent. Mm -hmm. You know, we've got homeless people everywhere. I mean, it's, it's like a, a snowball. I mean, we're in a fucking crisis. Yeah. And yeah, they couldn't, you know, 
rise to the occasion there in the legislature, or Annette Cleveland couldn't rise to the occasion. When is yeah. she ever? We'll see. Yeah, we'll see what happens. <laughs> what, what occasion has she ever risen to? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, so explaining this like bullshit process of this bill. So, okay, so we're at the point where it's like, it's at this 5% in mm-hmm. whatever committee. And then some shenanigans happened, like, you know, amendments are bargained for, right? So some amendments get made, and then we know that efforts were made to see what amendments Annette would require for this bill to get her vote, um, and those didn't go anywhere, of course. So she was, like, afforded the opportunity, like, if you have a problem with this bill, what can we fix for you? And she's like, nothing. So... Anyway, so some other senators got in their shitty amendments. It comes out in the wash as a 15% increase cap per year, which sucks. But as like you were just talking about, Philip, like the status quo is anything the landlords want per year. Exactly. So, you know, 5, 15, 25, whatever. So, yeah. So it was better than nothing. And then the other point to make. So it was better than nothing at that point. But where it was, basically how uh, it was someone from the Low Income Housing Alliance, they explained to me that, well, yeah, everybody involved in this has told me that if you, as a legislator, want a bill to have a chance, then you don't let it die in committee. Mm-hmm. You, just, you just pass it to move it along, and you hope that you can make those changes later, like amendment-wise, to move it along, but, along, but you can't amend a dead bill. So if you as a legislator, you see this bill, you're like, oh, I have some problems with it. Um, but, you know, I kind of like, I agree with the, the spirit and intent of it. And I think it mm-hmm. could be fixed or whatever. You, if you really like wanted to pass some form of it. Yeah. You would not let it die. Yeah. In committee. You would not vote against it. You would, you would just pass it. Um, <clears throat> so anyways, I thought that was important to explain because... That's not something I quite understood, and it kind of matters to like what her reasoning was, or her her stated reasoning was later for how this bill died. So anyway, so it's in this 15% cap form. Basically, a clipboard goes around for the senators to vote yes on it as amended or let it die in committee. And then, um, so the clipboard goes around on this day, and Annette Cleveland does not sign it at all. She doesn't vote was the only Democrat not to vote, and that apparently is a very rare move. And the other thing that's kind of important to note about this, too, is, like, there's, like, deadlines for all this stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's, like, if you don't... So on that day, it was, like, the day before the cutoff for this bill. So everybody's, like, please, please, let's just don't let it die. Because if it hits that cutoff date, then it's dead. Wow. So if you don't vote yes... Like like she did, um, it dies. And so it was very close to dying, and it was like, what the hell is up with Annette Cleveland? Like, why is she holding out? Like, what's she going to do? Is she really going to kill this bill? Because this was like the most, at least from what I can understand, it was like one of the most popular bills in the legislature. Hang hang on. If it's one of the most popular bills, how is, how can one person single-handedly manage to kill that? Like, what? how much weight does her not doing anything in this particular key moment actually have i mean yeah one person okay could it be could it be that it was a split that that's the thing is like when i read the articles like no one really said anything about that could it be that it was like a split between no votes and 
yes votes and then like she was the only dem yeah maybe like that's the only thing i'd come up with like if it was even other than her and she's like the seventh person or something right yeah um but yeah i mean i'll 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 double check that um yeah because yeah that would be crazy if it required like a unanimous so this was uh on january 29th so this so i'm kind of laying out a timeline here that is that is important um to the story in a little bit here so this was january 29th um when it was reported that she um had not signed the bill by the end of the day she yeah. just didn't vote which was rare but the bill wasn't dead yet because it hadn't hit that deadline but people were like wait what wait did she hasn't decided like what is she gonna do so then on january 30th i couldn't even believe this i was like holy crap a whopping 90 clark county residents 90 made their way up to olympia to fight for the rent stabilization bill, something called Housing and Homeless Advo Advocacy Day. They made their way up. Mm -hmm. Annette Cleveland was confronted by her constituents, demanding to know how she was going to vote. This meeting, from all accounts, it was very intense. People shared really harrowing stories about their struggles paying rent, the fear of eviction and homelessness, including... Our friend Monica Zizueta. Oh, Monica, yeah. Yeah, Monica went up there. I didn't, I like messaged her, like asking some question, and she's like, oh, hey, I'll, I'll call you back. I'm in Olympia. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I didn't even know she was up there. Um, she was there telling her harrowing story. So yeah, she brought her nine year old kid. Her kid in this meeting, it was like kind of an informal meeting with Annette Cleveland, um, but there were a lot of people there. Um, expressed their feelings of depression and thoughts of suicide, which they attributed to their family's financial and housing instability. Yeah, which is really sad because I mean that's the that's the reality of like what these financial burdens do to people. And then you had people like Alora Ellsworth, who's from our local nonprofit Council for the Homeless, and they assist the houseless community. They were saying, "Look, this crisis has reached a crescendo." So, anyways, yeah, there's this tearful meeting with local reps it wasn't just in that cleveland but like she was that she, holdout she was right the important one yeah yeah so it was like stonier and right. i don't know them all there's like four of them or whatever but um so just just a point of clarification so there there's a deadline working against them so if annette cleveland is holding out on voting and everyone needs to have a vote one way or the other she could potentially stall it until they hit that deadline or the deadline is to get it out of committee. So right. if she does not vote by this date, which I think was the 31st or the 30th, then but it, it dies, then it just dies. Or if she votes, no, it dies. Right. She has to vote. So yes. is, is not voting a way to stall the process until that deadline hits. So she's not technically voting. No. So I don't know what her strategy was there. Maybe she really was just struggling with considering the unintended qu consequences <laughs> of like of the bill. I, but I, I, I mean, there was a lot of pressure. There was yeah. a lot of grassroots pressure on this. And so she's probably like, oh, man, I'm supposed to be like a Democrat. And we're supposed to like give a fuck about these things. Right. Yeah. Well, um, so she's you know, I don't know. Like she was probably weighing her options. Like, do I because she could have like just voted no sooner yeah. i believe but she but she stalled so it was like you know well and that's what she said was that she was you know she was still talking to stakeholders and housing experts trying to really figure out the ramifications of this policy she was just doing her due diligence philip and be i don't sure. know why you should be questioning it because you've already said that if <laughs> 
like if the, if the bill gets through, it's not like a fi- it's not a final stone tablets coming down from the mountain. You can amend it later and change it later. Yeah. And the other thing too is you could she actually could if there was an amendment she didn't like, she could have voted down the amendment. Yes. But that didn't happen either. No. Okay. So just just to clarify, because I, I I'm making the mistake of speculating before you finish your story, which I shouldn't be. No, doing. that's okay. That's um, probably I'm sure that's helpful. But. It, it's you're, you're hearing me process these thoughts in real time, people. Um, messy as that is. <laughs> and that's because I'm an asshole. And I <laughs> keep you in the dark intentionally because we love Philip's reactions around here. And yeah, anyways, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> wow, I, I don't try to t- keep you too much in the dark, but like kind of. I'm not just a segment. I'm a gimmick. <laughs> that is heartwarming, Teresa. After hours with... Philip, watch him react. So, just to, to to skip ahead to the the key, the I'm sorry. I'll give you a moment. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. Um, but to skip ahead to the kind of the the crux of the matter, did she actually vote no, or did she just delay until it got killed, like hit that kill switch deadline? So she ultimately did vote no. Okay. And right. you'll, yeah, and you'll see kind of the, the rollout almost that happened. The rollout of, a, I don't know, dare I say a cover-up? Not a cover-up, like <laughs> excuse-making that happened to soften the political blow, I would say. So, so yeah, just to, to wrap up that, that meeting, you know, they knew, yeah, it's like if she votes no or she doesn't vote it's dead and so Mm -hmm. apparently you know they're telling her stories to her she's sitting right there they're begging her and it reaches this moment of people are shouting you can't fix a dead bill at her just begging her begging her to move it along and it's like there's advocates there but there's also like people this that this is like Right. Real life. I mean, the advocates are people that work to help those people, but like Monica and... and Lived experience is going to be powerful. Like the reality Unless that you're a sociopath. She, unless you're a sociopath. The reality <laughs> that she doesn't get because she's not a fucking renter and is just worried about the money that like the landlords might get slightly less money. But Philip, her family almost lost their home when she was little because of Reagan's price control policies what yeah what this bitch will say anything what <laughs> did i was that a sentence that came out of your mouth yeah like her, her statement was such bullshit that like i didn't even know if we were gonna like touch on it too much but that was that was literally part of it that is nonsense that was yeah that was part of it i didn't i didn't even care to like research whatever <laughs> that's what i'm saying she said it was like a failed republican policy that's what she's talking about yeah was this this price control which rent stabilization isn't exactly price control either there there are so many problematic aspects to that i can't even freaking begin first of all i don't believe it second of all if it is true it's like a something that happened under reagan you know just a little bit more current than there and that i think you've got people right here telling you their stories Maybe yeah, take that into account. And you're going to point to like some, <laughs> yeah, some old policy that probably, if we actually dug into it, doesn't match up with the thing being proposed now. Let's exactly. fucking face it. Versus these people that are like, oh, 
XYZ freaking exactly. city has done so this if, with if no huge ramifications other than the fucking ramifications that were intended, which is helping people pay rent and not get fucking price gouged. Yeah. And if you've got testimony like that, like you, there's only two ways you can go. You can either say, all right, I hear you. You're my constituents. I'm going to vote yes immediately. Or you can, you're a complete sociopath. Like you said, that's really the only other option. Like to be able to look at that in the face and still say no, that, that it's such a disconnect from humanity. Well, and what she said was she still hadn't made a, a, a decision at that point. So she's just like, mm, I'll think about it. I'll think it. Yeah. Fuck you. Annette Cleaver. Thanks for coming all the way up here and everything. I'll, I'll think about it. Soulless you know, this motherfucker. I still got to think I still got to, I think that was another thing that I read too. Like she, she's going to talk to her economists. Of course. No, the economist that the economist knows so much more than these <laughs> fucking people who are telling you how it is because gonna, they lived yeah. it because they are living it. Because they can't live it because they don't have housing. I'm sorry. This is okay. We're into real time Philip angry. This is not. <laughs> this is not cool. And then my Cleveland favorite gimmick, angry Philip. <laughs> <laughs> Just wind him up and watch him go, folks. <laughs> Jesus Christ! No, it is this guy. Like I don't know how you sit there and like. You know what I mean? But she's like hiding behind like, oh, I know you guys all mean well and you really need help. But the unintended consequences are just they're just too dire. I don't know. Fuck. I got to go talk to my capitalist propagandist. And I'll be I'll be back. I'll let you know. <laughs> fucking bullshit. Anyways. <laughs> OK. And then the, you're going to fucking you're going to love to hate this, Philip. Oh OK, so the timeline that this goes down, because, yeah. Basically, well, I'll just tell, like, how it went down for me. So, like, Monica was, like, filling me in on all this. And then she calls me, and she's like, Annette killed the bill. Annette killed the bill. <sighs> and I immediately go over, go on to Google. I go to the Columbian, and I pull up two things. I, I, like, typed in, like, Annette Cleveland, rent sale, whatever. Two articles get pulled up. Annette Cleveland has killed this bill. I forget what it's called, but whatever. That's what the story was about. Killed this bill, and it's like her explanation and the Colombians covering it. So that's one article. The article next to it is is the an editorial board article lauding her oh, for sake. her careful and thoughtful and cautious decision making. What? Yeah. The hell? Yes. And so I was like, what the fuck? Why are these two things happening, like, essentially at the same time? So I went back and kind of double-checked myself. So the very, so, so this was the day that I talked to Monica was, the, was January 31st. So, like, that was the cutoff day, as far as I understand. That's the mm -hmm. day that she voted no. So published at 6.03 a.m., so that morning, the Colombian editorial board, as I said, they inserted themselves into the conversation with the headline, quote, Cleveland's thoughtful approach should be lauded, stating in the very first sentence that lawmakers at any level of government should be cautious about interfering in the free market. What? Yeah. The free market? Yeah. The Colombian editorial board had the gall to say, what does that even mean? That's some super right wing shit. I mean, any, any, basically any governmental pol any policy could be like could be called 
interfering in the free market. So this is like, this is the Colombian like holding, like they're held up as like this pragmatic, like reasonable, unbiased, like kind of, you know, neoliberal, honestly. Yeah, middle of the road. They look at everything <laughs> Yeah, equally. centrist. Oh, yeah, you know. And to like, that is like, that's a pretty like extreme position, especially because they've had these good reporters actually that have been covering housing. Like this is no, di- I should have said that um at the beginning, but this is no diss on the Colombians' reporters. Yeah. They have this a lot of good reporters. The editorial board in particular. And whoever makes and the rules whoever, other than yeah. them. I, I don't know if it's, yeah, it's probably them, maybe the owner, whoever the fuck that is. Whoever's calling the shots there, just fucking, like, no, the editorial board has had some bad takes, but that is breathtaking in its shittiness. <laughs> like, the same, god damn, you, you, you assholes don't know what you're talking about. There was a part in there where they're like, oh, you know, it should be noted that we're not like housing experts. And it's like, what? okay, then why are you weighing in? Like yeah. they could have done an article in their like fair and balanced perspective and been like, oh, well, we have the the housing industry fuck faces over here. <laughs> I didn't want to say it, but I did want to say it. The Colombian editorial board published something that said, you know, hey, we've got these housing expert quote unquote fuck faces over here. I would have so much respect for that. Like, call it like it is Colombian. Call it spade a spade. But yeah, like they could be like, oh, well, the Washington, because that's, that's like what a lot of their articles are like. They're like, well, the Washington, on this side of the equation, we've got this nonprofit pushing this bill who, you know, they, they say this yes. is what, they point to this as their evidence for why this will work okay then we have the housing industry over here who points to you know this evidence of why it won't work right. whatever and you, then that's the fair and balanced thing the veneer of both sides if yeah. not actually like exactly digging into what makes any of that relevant and why that's really shitty and this is actually really reasonable yeah but they couldn't even they, they couldn't even manage they couldn't that even much. go there which is why i'm like a little conspiratorial about it because it's like why did they I don't know it's like just why did they weigh in before she had voted it was like they were like almost like laying out this like off ramp for her like the Colombian supports you like we have we're we're this pragmatic entity that like agrees with your bullshit feels like they saw where it was going or were told where it was gonna go yeah and then like want to rally up some try to mitigate damage on her behalf because people actually certain subsets of people anyway actually still read and respect the Colombian. Yeah. Like, like they how- are a platform. They are a, you know, arguably a bigger platform than something like, well, certainly something like us or a lot of the other local newspapers. Yeah. Even though how are we going to sell this thing and yeah. make it, explain it away. Palatable. How, how is this going to be palatable to folks? Exactly. Like it wasn't Annette Cleveland listens to like heartfelt testimony and then throws them all under the bus, <laughs> which would have been a which much more the, honest title. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> which is the perspective you're going to get here unabashedly. Yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah. No, we're not going to play this like fake middle of the road bullshit. And we're not going to fucking, we're not certainly go as right. Basic with, ethics. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I th- thought you would love this um, <laughs> this quote, Philip. So, quote, such prudence should be lauded when it comes to this complex issue that will have a broad impact on developers, landlords, and tenants. 
And notice how they gave away the game there with the order of importance they gave to Holy developers, fuck. landlords, and then, and then tenants, tenants <laughs> in a distant third. Oh, I guess we have some tenants too. Maybe they should be Damn, part of that list. Freudian slip there, fuck. wasn't it? Maybe you should have. Yeah. Like, no, it's not even a Freudian slip. These people just can't write. They're writing what they're, they're, they're writing. They're giving their hand I mean, that's away. what they believe. Yeah. Fucking hell. That's their first their first concern, right? God, yeah. The developers, the landlords, and then the people who actually are affected by the bullshit that the developers and the landlords are pulling constantly. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking the the people whose lives are being ruined. Distant third. Mm-hmm. Yep. Fuck. And that yeah, that, that twenty that twenty five percent of uh residents of Clark County that the Colombian, you know, the, they're they're covering <laughs> <laughs> like it's supposed to be like the community like old time newspaper right like the 25% of, of residents that are paying 50% or more yeah. of their income on rent so fuck those people yeah and uh, yeah we gotta worry about look out for the developers and the yeah I mean if they're not them. putting enough money in their pockets then like everything's gonna fall apart tenants are just gonna have to suck it up or else uh, no one's gonna build the, housing for the good Sorry. Of the developers and the landlords <laughs> Unattended consequences. We can't have those. Exactly. Like, slightly less rich. Well, you might as well be poor at that point. <laughs> exactly. Oh, we have actual poor people over here? Well, okay. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, we're just going to sweep that under the rug. <laughs> so another annoying quote. A rent ceiling would be <laughs> unnecessarily punitive to what? landlords. What? Well, fuck off. Punitive to the landlords who are rent gouging? If you're not rent gouging people, then yes. a five or even the shitty fifteen percent increase shouldn't bother you, yeah, right? This is this is a snapshot of unfettered capitalism. This is fucking bullshit. I that I feel like the whoever is writing this shouldn't be writing anything at all. Yeah, like no, this is not. This doesn't. But those are the big wigs at the Columbia, and that's the editorial board, man. Yeah. Fucking um, propaganda. Like, the editorial board has done, like, I have watched their, like, candidate interviews and stuff, and it's been a useful tool to, like, kind of see the how the candidate responds, to, even if bullshit questions. But more and more, that editorial board is just off the friggin' deep end. Yeah. <laughs> I, this, yeah. this just, like, is past the point of all... They, they've lost all credibility with me at this point, because, like, holy fuck... I know, quite Holy quite a disgusting fuck. display. And just, I don't know, that just feels odd to me that before the vote comes down, you would, like, come out and, like, support, I don't know, it was just, that, it, it did it, feel... It, just, it reeks of damage control, doesn't exactly. it? Exactly. Because, like... Pre-damage control, it, pre-damage you know what I mean? Like, because what are the optics of a whole bunch of people who can't afford to live begging Annette Cleveland to do this simple thing and then she's saying, yeah, no. Yeah, especially, yeah, that they're, like, actual reporters have been, like, covering extensively, yeah. there's, right? There's, yeah. like, there's no way Annette Cleveland comes out of this looking good unless you spin a whole web of propagandist, free market nonsense that readers will just kind of gloss over and be like, well, that makes sense. Yeah, that, and then the question is... I own my house, sir. The question becomes, why did the Colombian do that? I don't know why, well, but... <laughs> I, I think it speaks to the actual politics of the Colombian. Or, yeah. Because they're not this... The class interests of whoever yeah. uh, runs it, perhaps? I don't know. Yeah, they're not this entity who's above politics as much as they have that veneer. Of, exactly. Like, exactly. We're giving it to you straight, man. We're I balanced. Have, yeah. yeah. No, 
I've got a tremendous amount of respect for like some, if not all, of their reporters. But as far as the editorial board, as far as the publisher, as far as like whoever's at the top of that pyramid there. Exactly. This, this really shows their hand in a way we haven't seen since, well, for a while. We've, we've seen it pretty bad before, but this is... Usually they can keep that kind of like under the under the mask. Yeah. Just it, the monster popped out for exactly, a second. Exactly. Exactly. Revealed itself and its orders of importance. Yeah. Um, oh, and then I wanted to do just a quick kind of interjection on that in defense of this bill again. So, yeah, I, I watched some of the public testimony and actually, to my surprise, there were many self-described mom and pop landlords. So, like, people that own, like, one property or whatever, which, like... Right. That's annoying that those exist, but whatever. It's so, less annoying than a corporation buying up everything and then... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, um... Somebody you in know, California. Exactly. Like, yeah, making their passive income or whatever, saving for retirement, whatever the fuck. They're being a landlord by of, like, you know, a, a park or one or two houses or whatever. Mom and pop landlords, so... um May, there were quite a few of them that spoke out in support of the bill. Yeah. And they explained that the cap was perfect, perfectly reasonable. This, I believe, was when it was at the 5%. Yes, like, and would what, not affect them neg- negatively. What the fuck would they know? They're not experts. Well, yeah, right. They don't actually do the fu- the job of, yeah. Uh, they're not actually the like people that they're propping up to like defend the yeah, landlord. They're not right? the right landlords. Those yeah, are the landlords that don't, don't know what to those landlord. about. Come on. <laughs> So, yes, uh, they also made the point that the economy would be more widely impacted if people can't pay for the other shit that they need because all of it's going to rent. Landlords are being, you know, used as, we got to look out for them for some reason. Yeah. And then a, they're, uh, not, they're not a sympathetic fucking demographic. <laughs> Who falls for this shit? I, I'm sorry. I, I mean, did, did, don't you, like, love poor underdog stories about, like, landlords who are just struggling to make that extra? I know, dude. <laughs> they manage, we are so propagandized, like, that, yeah, they'll just, like, flip the scenario where it's, like, the entity with all the power is actually, like, the one being persecuted or yeah. whatever the... Yeah, it that, was one of the, one of the most popular bills. Uh, Seven hundred, I believe, people came out, and then ninety from Clark County. Like, yeah. So before we go into a little more why the Colombian sucks, because I got another little bombshell. Oh drop. God! Um, I do want to. <laughs> hey, we've hit rock bottom. Here's the shovel. <laughs> yeah. I just want to read some statements from the people that supported this bill. You know, to make sure we're kind of given voice to those people, yeah. those awesome people. So the Washington Low Income Housing Alliance, they noted that r- there was, quote, a tidal wave of support from tenants, landlords, like we said, the mom and pop ones, small business voters and local elected leaders in all regions of the state for action to address rent gouging practices that are displacing hundreds of thousands of Washingtonians and increasing homelessness. They go on to say that, quote, market rate housing developers, private equity property investors and corporate landlords and their allies in the legislature and their allies in the legislature. Oh, <laughs> Annette. oh. yeah. Wow. They kind of let that <laughs> one called them out there. a little bit. Yeah. Continue <laughs> to push false narratives in an attempt to block passage of rent stabilization policy this legislative session. And then we've got Laura Ellsworth that from the um, Council for the Homeless. Mm-hmm. I think I already cited um out of that quote, people from Clark County, some of whom were homeless quite recently, took an entire day from pre-dawn to after dark to travel to their state capital to speak truth to power and to advocate for what they know is right. 
And that just shows the level of support and the level of need in our community to get rent stabilization passed. It is heavily reported in the Columbian that high rents, this is still Laura, uh, that high rents and rent increases have had devastating impacts in renters' lives in the past five years. Everyone should ask who benefits from mm -hmm. stabilized rents mm -hmm. and predictable increases mm -hmm. and who benefits from unlimited and unfair increases. The talking point of unintended consequences of rent stabilization does not hold up against the data and human toll of the current situation. Yeah, yeah, kind of summarizing what we've been talking about yeah, here. Yeah, powerful statements. Yeah. Like, these are real people. And they also said, we're not going away. We're going yeah. to keep fighting this thing. So, yeah, so Colombian runs that story in the morning. By 2.51 of that same day, mm -hmm. Annette votes no, just to bring the timeline back there. So now, I don't know if I actually privately told you this, Philip, but I've decided to tell everyone something <laughs> <laughs> something that I believe people in this community need to know, and I know that I have not said it on the on the podcast, which is that I was told from someone directly who has worked at the Columbian that reporters are not allowed to cover campaign financing of candidates. Oh. Did I tell you that, Philip? I don't think so, but it makes sense. So they don't cover campaign financing of candidates. Which is the... Well, why wouldn't they do that? Which is the glaring, obvious, missing piece in the story about Annette Cleveland, exactly. right? Not that she's this cautious, pragmatic, like, oh, just looking out for the, you know, the best interest down the road. No, there is a huge campaign financing matters. Everybody knows this. Mm -hmm. It's not a fucking secret. Right. When you think about how they... That is just not part of the story at all for any any like elected official that they talk about or any campaign or whatever that to me is journalistic malpractice. That is yeah. insane that they like don't allow reporters to, to touch on well, that. The, the fact that they specifically don't allow reporters to touch on that means they know exactly what they're doing. They know how important that is. It's, it's difficult to like, it, it, not not difficult, but it takes a it takes mindfulness and effort to go specifically look up the you know the finances of your some politician you don't know much about. I can um, testify to that. And, yeah, I've been like, down many it's, rabbit holes. It's, it's work. Um, it's not like and it, it. I mean, anyone can do. And it, it's the work else. they should be doing because it's they're the that, yes, they're that's, a journalistic that's publication. Where I'm going. Like, like, yeah, we shouldn't have to be doing the work because it should be there for us in our local newspaper. Like. Who is paying off our local politicians matters. Or like, you know what I mean? Even if you want to be like, oh, you know, it's it's not corruption. It's they just are the way they are. And that's their agenda. And that's why these certain interests come to them. <laughs> it still matters. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, that's that's a kinder way of looking at it. Like if they already had <laughs> shitty positions and then the city <laughs> positions just attract the flies of awful donors. Exactly. Like, I know. That's yeah. less awful, but also like. <clears throat> Well, that we that'll let us know what their fucking positions are. Exactly, and that's what that's what I kind of want to talk about too, because people try to like run this cover, like, oh, oh, she's just a centrist, like this is what she believes, like, oh, this is just or whoever it is, right? Like, this is just mm -hmm. their ideology, and I think like this is like a Marco Rubio quote. He's like, you know, my my donors don't influence me; they buy into my agenda. Yeah, and it's like, okay. Cool. I really don't fucking care at the end of the day if I can like unequivocally prove what is in your heart 
and whether you right. would vote differently if you weren't influenced by these donors. But <laughs> you, that makes you even worse in my mind because if you're taking all this dirty money from these big, horrible industries that are fucking, you know, like any big oil, anything that like we're going to get into a bunch of them. So oh. I'm not going to name them. I don't want to oh. foreshadow. I don't want to like spoiler the whole thing, but you know what oh, I mean? Like, no, um, that Cleveland is going to be squeaky. Clean. <laughs> oh yeah. She's yeah. going to be fine. And yes, yeah, because she's a Democrat mom and pop donor. She's yeah. a Democrat. So she's clean. But yeah, you know? it's like, it's like, what does it matter? It's like, you're still a shitty person on yes. either side of that equation, yes. whether you're being influenced by the money, you know who their allies are. Right. I, I thought, um, because I, because I'm not revealing the source on the podcast, I just want to like, I want to offer a couple pieces of evidence that the Colombian has this as a policy to not report on campaign financing. Mm -hmm. And my first piece of evidence is because they don't cover campaign (laughs) financing. (laughs) Go look, see if you can find it. And then um, my second piece of evidence is that they used to include campaign financing of candidates. Remember I brought that? Oh yes. I mentioned that. Yeah. It was a, so it was like, um, yeah, when they would talk about a candidate, they would like list their biggest donor, and I think there was like something else. Yeah, and we like, talked about that a, before, and yes. you're like, bring that back to club. That would be nice. And it's like, yeah, that I, would be fucking nice. I wonder why that went away. And it's like, oh, now we know. Because it was intentionally killed, and they're policy. blocking. Yes, okay. An internal, yes. Um, so here we are, having to talk to, about Annette Cleveland again, standing in the way of everything that is good, and most importantly, why she does so. We're going to tell the story that the Colombian won't. Ooh, we are yes. going to talk about all of the dirty money that Annette Cleveland <laughs> takes, starting with the money that relates to this rent stabilization bill. Unlike the Colombian, this isn't going to be paywall. <laughs> exactly. Yes, exactly. So who are Annette Cleveland's, quote, owner donors, as Nina Turner would say? Here we go. Annette, Annette's campaign finances for 24. So I guess she's up like this year. Yeah. Um, so as far as I understand, this is what she's taken so far. Oh. Um, that's the, that is the year 2024 that I looked at. $2,200 from the Rental Housing Association of Washington, um, which is RHA, RHA PAC, who call themselves Washington's trusted resource empowering housing providers. Now, what is meant by housing providers? Oh, (laughs) yeah, no, I think I can take a wild swing at that. The people who friggin' own rentals. Build and invest and uh, landlord. So one of the one of the terms that I saw on this website is independent rental owners. That's a little that's a real cute way of saying landlord. So, yeah. So managers, investors and vendor members across the state of Washington, they say we support the rental housing industry, a.k.a. the rental housing racket. We've got twenty four hundred from the Washington Multifamily Housing Association, which sounds nice. But no, this is a collection of residential property management companies, managers and owners of multifamily properties, apartment communities, etc. They actively monitor and influence the legislative process to advocate equitably for our industry. And then afterthought, once again, and the communities we serve. <laughs> See how we're going to, how much we're going to. The communities we serve got relegated to some parentheses there at the fucking end. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
Just an afterthought. In order of importance, remember. In yes. order of importance. Pausing from the donations for a second, I just want to say that there are well-meaning people in the community who I've encountered who like to downplay. There's also bad faith people in the community that try to downplay the, <laughs> the impact of campaign financing, right? But there's also like well-meaning people. And they act like politicians are just people who need to be reasoned with or wooed just the right way pushed but don't push them too hard or they'll flip the other way which is somewhat that's something someone actually told me about Annette Cleveland like oh the pressure's gonna be just right um, it's it's so ridiculous. If you if you put pressure on her, <laughs> she doesn't do anything, and if you don't do anything, she, she doesn't, doesn't do anything. Do anything. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and then it's your fault because you didn't like it's, put do I, it the right I, way or whatever. You you, yeah, you didn't find the magic. <laughs> exactly the magic formula. The magic pressure point. Yeah. Yes. Yes. The, this much, but no more. Yes. If you just finesse them and their egos just right, if you're you carefully psychologically manipulate them. Uh, manipulate these narcissists into thinking this bill was their idea, which is also another argument that I've actually heard, that if they just feel like ownership over the bill, then, you know, they're they're more likely to, if they think it was their idea and, you know, it's like something they can hang their hats on and <laughs> yeah, it's it's just like like just throw out the idea of like appealing to their like moral inclinations right yeah. like with a lot of this stuff like no it's like you know you could really make your name off of this bill or you know it's like a sick weird game where people like like this this art of lobbying thing you know what i mean like oh you yeah. gotta just trick them the right way jesus christ well they're sociopaths so you gotta like <laughs> exactly. you gotta know how to deal with the sociopath it's you not know? a question of just like hey let's look at the evidence does this policy work does it not what are the issues we're facing you know, let's like do this in some rational fashion. Like, where is this working before? Like, what models can we use? Whatever the thing is to address whatever problem. It's like, yeah. no, it's just a giant. What would you call Money ego slurry. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, so yes, so um, yeah, just this idea that yeah, you just gotta play them, gotta play their fiddle the right way, do do the, do all the the magical formula, and then they'll finally like do what you want. <laughs> and the answer is no. This is pay for play. It's simple. It's obvious. No. And these industry interest groups, they know it because they say it out loud. No, no, we just like haven't we figured just out said. the right combination yet. Yes, right? exactly. exactly. We'll keep working on that. We, we, we have our finest minds working on how specifically to pressure Annette Cleveland exactly. in such a way that she'll actually do something, you know, that's even a little fundamentally human. Exactly, mm. exactly. And so the, the these industry like the, these people, they're not like giving Annette Cleveland money because they like her. They literally proclaim... I mean, well, they like her because she does her bidding, obviously, so they do like her. But not just for funsies, I guess. So they they... They exist to influence, and that is their words, to influence politicians and therefore <laughs> legislation in their favor. <laughs> so they do that through Come. lobbying they and donating e to campaigns. They, they That's how they do it. even have to hide that. They don't even have to hide that. They, they exist to influence the friggin' politicians. Well, and they don't hide it, and then there's people that are like, oh, no, no, no. Oh, you know, you gotta get money from somewhere. Come on, you gotta run it. And it takes a lot to, to run a campaign. Gotta get the money somehow. How are we gonna do it? No, yeah, like, so they, they kind of downplay it. They're like, oh, yeah, they're taking dirty money, but, you know, that's not all of the equation. And it's like, no, um, it's pretty clear. It's pretty clear 
And that, like, all you have to do is look at the evidence of all the the money trail. There's, they wouldn't be doing that for no reason. And I can't even believe, like, we're sitting here, like, talking about it as if it needs to be explained. But, like, that is the shit that, that I hear yeah. around town. <laughs> <laughs> Ear to the street, investigative reporter, Carissa. I, I hear this from actual people that are, like, involved in local politics. And it's just like, okay. All right, uh, get get on with that. Rub them the right way. We'll we'll uh, uh, just keep 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 stroking them. Something will something will click sometime, maybe somewhere. But yeah, for don't, something. <laughs> but but also don't like so try supporting like a non corporate candidate or whatever. No. Yeah, don't worry about. It. Don't do that. Don't do that. Fuck. Just keep doing the same thing. That no no. no if you you know what they say, if you do the same thing over and over, eventually it's bound to work. That's the definition of sanity. That's right? the definition of sanity. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's. You know, if you're building a house and you just like, you do something and it doesn't work, your foundation falls apart. Well, you just keep doing the th- same thing. Anyways. Oh my God. <laughs> okay. So back to Annette's donations. Um, $600 from NAIOP, Commercial Real Estate Development Association. 1500 from Goodman Real Estate, Inc. Sabi Corporation, which is real estate. 1000 from Coalition for Affordable Housing Development. Affordable Housing Development, which means developers. Now, beyond this real estate and housing industry money relating to her vote against rent stabilization, now we can talk about the other money. So she also takes loads of cash, (laughs) just thousands and thousands from the health insurance racket and big pharma. Briefcases full of small bills. Yes. So, yeah. Eli Lilly, Pfizer, Johnson & Johnson, AstraZeneca, many more. You're going to love this one, Philip. I saw this in the. I still can't even believe. Eli Lilly actually gave her too much money this year, so it was like gonna violate violate the the campaign finance law or whatever. So like in the report, it's like they had to give money back to Eli Lilly because they were just like, take the money, Annette. Come on, yeah, yeah. So they actually wow. had to return some of that. Wow. Yeah. No corruption here. She is as pure as. It's legal corruption, fucking... but. You know, yeah, that's that's a problem. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And so we detailed this in an earlier episode. Um, it was an interview with Andre Stackhouse. I don't think you were on that one, Philip. No. Uh, about whole whole Washington healthcare, care um, where we discussed how Annette Cleveland is the state senator standing in the way of universal health care in Washington state. But there's more. Than oh, just there's more. Uh, okay, the housing industry, healthcare, big pharma. All right, what else we got? So she takes thousands and thousands from other terrible special interests. Um, one notable fund she took fourteen hundred dollars from the Jackson Legacy Fund or JLF, which is a fund for a big tent Democratic Party. Democrats what? who appeal to the center. What? Pragmatic Democrats. What? Um, which is the- actually the right people. Don't yeah. fall for that shit. I was, I was just about to say, that's the right. <laughs> yeah, so they pay Democrat or they fund Democrats um, to influence them to be more like Republicans. And then as a quick kind of side rabbit hole, I was just like, okay, because this fund funds are like paid a net, right? And then I'm like, okay, where does this fund get its money from? So I'm like, go down this other rabbit hole. And just a quick glance, first page showed their disclosures Ten thousand dollars from Chevron. Um, oh, there was that. Yes, Chevron <laughs> is very interested in 
centrist Democrats. Pragmatic, pragmatic Democrats de- that know, are setting the planet on fire. Global, yeah. global That's the pragmatic is very pragmatic. Do. We're just here whether you want it or not. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, you know, buy that gas. Yes, yes. So then there's this real estate pack again, the NAIOP pack that gave directly to Annette um, cash from Pfizer and Eli Lilly once again uh, to this pack. $35,000 from labor abuser Amazon owned by climate oh, there's a criminal shocker. billionaire Jeff Bezos. Boeing, who of course is a weapons manufacturer. Banks, <laughs> no, insurance no, no. companies. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, this pack sucks up unlimited funds from dirty scumbags and then goes around distributing the cash to these fiendish corporate dens who will do anything to win, including sell their souls by taking this money. So anyways, back to Annette. So that was that separate fund. So, um, yes. So she takes, I think you uh, foreshadowed that, Philip. So she takes thousands from multiple packs representing the natural gas, a.k.a. methane industry. Mm-hmm. Remember, methane is 80-some times more potent of a greenhouse gas so, than meth. Uh, sorry, than carbon. Yeah. Um, she also takes, not just from methane there, she takes from big oil, um, one notable donation was the 1,200 MPC Investment Fund Inc. out of San Antonio, Texas. So, like, there was a lot of were a lot of these where I'm like, these aren't even in Washington. Like, they're not even on the West Coast. Like, what? Where? You know, all because wow. it shows like where these you know different yeah. things are located. And then I'm like, MPC Investment Fund. Like, that's super generic. <laughs> And so I'm like, <laughs> I wonder why that is. Yeah. I'm like, why is it? It seems like it's intentionally obscuring the industry it's representing. And so I search it. Yeah. I, I search it. I Google it. It's controlling company slash parent organization is Marathon Petroleum Corporation. So yes, big oil. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Obviously, Republicans are also taking all this dirty money. Yes, like we're but at least not. They're, that's pretty obvious. It's Nobody, a given. Yeah, it's a given. <laughs> they're Republicans. It's a given. Like the Republicans aren't pretending to be the good guys. The Democrats are, from the perspective of people with our politics. It is obscene. It's dirty. It is so dirty. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's obscene. We also have the timber and auto industries. So we can, all that combined, right? Where where do you think she stands on climate legislation? I think she's probably pretty shitty. Yeah. Yeah. And then also a reminder, like these thousands that we're talking about with, with all these, uh, like I already said this, but again, this is not even the totality of the ecocidal blood money that she has taken over the years. This is just like 2024. This year. Like the money for this year. Just, yeah, because she from, is up. It is February. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I know. We are, uh, it, is not, it is early February. We are a little over a <laughs> month. Just, yes. <laughs> and all, my God, it's yeah. mind boggling. It's that, uh, yeah. They just, they, they uh, send it right in there. So um, she also accepts money from Kroger, which is you, people you, might know is the giant grocery chain that is currently being sued by our own state of Washington <laughs> for trying to eat up Albertsons and monopolize the yes, industry. I was, I was just about to say that. Yeah. And like Washington, like I think it's Bob Ferguson, the, uh-huh. the like, I guess, good Democrat. I mean, I don't know enough about him. So I'm, he seems to have, but, like, as attorney general, he seems to have done some good stuff. I know I'm going to be disillusioned somewhere down the line. <laughs> Yeah, but he's no Annette Cleveland. He's no Annette Cleveland. Yes. He has actually done some, as far as I can tell, some really cool things. 
Okay, this is another, <laughs> this is going to be another fun one, Philip. Uh, okay, so she took a thousand this year from RAI Services Company, which I found to be another suspiciously generic name. <laughs> Um, and they're three (laughs) random initials. They all seem to have three fucking random initials. Yeah. And so they're based in Winston Salem, North Carolina. Does that Winston, does that ring a bell? It probably, it might ring a bell for listeners. Does it, does it ring one for you at all, Philip? No. Well, it rang one for me and that's because I used to be a smoker. Its oh. nickname is Camel City because oh it is God. famously the headquarters of the tobacco industry. All right. So RAI Services Company, upon further research, once again, is also known as Reynolds American, a.k.a. Big Tobacco. God, Lord. So but also, yeah, we could call it. We could call it why, big. Why, why not? Why not throw big tobacco in there? <laughs> I, know. I know, like we it's like it. there are no lines for this one. There is no red line. Like there's no bad look. It does not matter. Big tobacco, um, or also another another thing we call that is big sig. I like that one. <laughs> okay, then also you're like the next one. So one thousand two hundred dollars from big beer. What? And actually, okay. So how 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 guilty <laughs> should I be feeling sipping this um, wonderful? No, summer that is a lovely Breakside IPA from a local brewery, <laughs> Philip. Okay. No, this is Big Bad Beer. <laughs> this is Big Bad Beer. It is a conglomerate of Budweiser, <laughs> Budweiser, Michelob, Stella, and Bex. So yeah, not even good beer that she takes money from. Um, <laughs> Uh, 2400 straight from Amazon, um, 1000 from Boeing, again, the weapons manufacturer. So she is taking money from these different fucking companies, which are all fronts for these other shitty companies. So if there's a shitty company like Boeing filtering stuff to her through one company and then a different company at the same time, is that a way of circumventing like the max amount they can give her? So yeah, one entity pack, yeah, has a limit. Yes, but if you're which a I think is big that company going through multiple packs to the same person, oh. that limit <laughs> only applies to a you know one pack at a time. So it could- so you mean if you're like if you're a company, well, exactly like we were just talking about with the if I'm that JLF mm-hmm. Dem centrist pack. So mm-hmm. well, that's what, cause Boeing was in there too. Exactly. So mm-hmm. like, why would they be a multiple unless it was to get past this? Exactly. I mean, that's what the, these super packs are is because like this, that pack can take 10,000 from Chevron and, 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 and like all this dirty money. And just as much as the 35,000 from Amazon or whatever it was, mm-hmm. they collect all that and then they funnel it and, and distribute it. So yeah, I mean, it is a way because Boeing is giving to her directly, but she's also getting some kind of small percentage from that that mm-hmm. dirty dem, dirty dem <laughs> pack, right? A big tent pack uh, from Boeing because right. so they they could be exceeding the limit of what they're allowed to if they were just doing it directly. I mean, it's legal, I, so it's I, not exceeding the limit. Okay, like that's what fine. they would argue. You know what I mean? No, yeah. it's bullshit. Yeah, it's 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 uh yeah. It's so, I mean, it's a, it's literally the same thing with Eric Temple, where he he maxed out what he could give to Karen Bowerman. You're right. And so he was like, hold up. 
okay, $20,000 to the Clark County Democrats, and then whisper in the ear of Earl Bowerman, who I want it to go to, or he wants it to go to his wife anyways. Either way, you know what I mean? I love how you said Clark County Democrats there instead of Clark County Republicans. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Freudian slip. Freudian slip. <laughs> yeah. No, I forgot. I forgot. Derek Temple did the exact same shit. Yeah, it's just a way of circumventing it. Yeah. Because also, I mean, like, like that pack took ten thousand dollars from Chevron, mm-hmm. and on her public disclosure list, like, it doesn't say, "Oh, Annette Cleveland took money from Chevron," but she took some money from Chevron because she got some small percentage of that pack, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, it's just a sneaky way of funneling dirty money into campaigns. So, again, people and Democratic operatives, right, they will apologize for this behavior, this rent bill killing behavior, all these bad votes. I mean, we see this with MGP as well. They will apologize over mm-hmm. and over again, do mental gymnastics to rationalize some kind of reason why she routinely fucks over her constituents, <laughs> what, no, no matter who we're talking about, right? MGP yeah, yeah. or Annette yeah. or whatever. Well, and, and, yeah. Annette's been basically like, I can't think of anyone off the top of my head who's really run a serious challenge to Annette. So it's it's not even like they've got the, ooh, the, we've got to stick with this person because look at that other guy. He could get in. You've got to vote for Annette Cleveland to stop this other person getting in because there's, there's been none of that for as long as I can remember. It's just well, her. is there a big bad Republican that she runs against? I don't even know. I don't even know who that person is. I mean, obviously, Did, dude. Not I want to say that doing a good enough job if we don't know who they are. Was that who Ray Reynolds ran against? Am I tripping? Maybe that You're was tripping. Else. Ray Reynolds was who not was running it? against Annette Cleveland for sheriff. No, he <laughs> ran in the legislature. Remember? He did? Hold on. Wait, hold on. I think I'm right. I think I'm right. Ah, he's an independent, an independent Republican. Eyes oh. job held by Cleveland. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, so that Ray Reynolds is a little scary. Yeah, they they do have a big scary. Well, I don't know. I mean, that was probably a, that was probably a while ago. He probably had a a better image back then than. Yeah, and who knows? Wasn't. Like he's he's feeding on crazy these days. Yeah, and who knows who's yeah who's running against her now. But I'm just saying we haven't had a big brand name. Like, people have run against her. We haven't had such a brand name scary, we absolutely cannot let Annette Cleveland lose because otherwise we'll get this person in type yet. Yeah, and then, um, well, yeah, and then I guess we don't know if anybody's ever primaried her, but I guess we can could talk about that there is talk after this vote of primarying, primarying her. Yeah. But what... Would the Clark County Democrats do in that situation? They would circle the wagons for Annette Cleveland and defend her with their lives. Exactly, because she's got the power, she's got the money, she's the incumbent. Look how they took out Sarah Fox, or sorry, <laughs> Leah Perkle. <laughs> Look how they took out Leah Perkle when Sarah Fox was an right. independent. Right. Not even a Democrat. Right. I I guess maybe this kind of gets into like electoralism versus... Other strategies or like a a broad swath of strategies because we can be pissed off in Annette Cleveland and yes, someone should run against her. And of course, in theory or in actuality, am I for that? Yes, of course I'm for that. Do I think elections matter? Yes, obviously, all those things. But I just feel like there is just so much 
the investment that goes into this like giant machine that you hardly like you take it on you hardly ever win and sure maybe people could be pissed off enough to take out it at Cleveland and it's worth a shot you know what I mean it's totally worth a shot I'm not against it but I just wonder like especially considering the social housing episode that the interview that I just did you know that was that was a Seattle City Council ballot initiative Mm -hmm. and we have a crisis going on right now are we going to And, you know, when we're talking about the left, like we have a limited amount of energy. So I guess, yeah, that's just my concern because I see day in and day out, you know, hardly anybody showing up to Clark County Council meetings. Uh, I'd say the city of Vancouver is like more lively, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and then it's like you have the makeup of the people there. And yeah, maybe you want to replace them. But it's like, I guess I'm just saying like every bad decision that gets made by a decision maker, it's like, tisk, tisk, tisk. We'll see you we'll see you at the next election in four years. And it's like, we don't have time for that shit at some point. And I just feel like there's not, yes, run, run people to the left of these corporate Dems, do whatever you have to do. Elections do matter or run against Republicans, whatever. Um, Especially on the local level, because nobody pays attention to those elections, which is annoying. But I just think we need like a more comprehensive strategy. And I just don't see that, see that happening because you know the 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 talking about a ballot initiative like the the beauty in that is that it's like you're gathering you're organizing grassroots and you're like gathering signatures and shit and Mm -hmm. and you know there's like a pro you're kind of like bypassing the 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 kings of the (laughs) of the council or whatever you know the kings and queens of the council so i don't know i just i hate to see no one talking about social housing after the rent stabilization bill and then everybody talking about, oh, let's let's primary net Cleveland or like it's like I, you know, th- talking about the um, like the the last climate comp plan hearing that happened with the Clark County Council. Mm-hmm. That's like the most people I've like seen publicly comment. I went through all those cu- public comments there. I probably say there was maybe like 30 written public comments, maybe 15 people speaking yeah and they're all retired you know the the types of people that show up like i don't know it's like where where is everybody where is everybody where's this grassroots movement energy for like pushing direct policy and putting pressure because there is pressure to be put on the the people that actually sit in those seats all right the effort (laughs) has to be made but I've always viewed this as there's there's too much shit. There's too many things. I've always viewed this as a multi front, you know, war. Yeah. So how many soldiers can you get to? Can you drum up for a given battle? And where should the attention be? And I think this has been part of the problem is that we can't really decide that. And also we have a tendency to self sabotage ourselves. I think a lot of times. Just because people are people and people can be petty and shitty to another and each other, and then you've had like something blow up. Um, I don't know. I, I I don't know if Republicans have that problem. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess if you're going for like a a fascistic thing, it's easier to like just fall in line and and you know hail whoever. Right. Yeah. I don't know. And um, yeah, you're talking about like a multi front war. That that's the thing. It's like it doesn't feel well it's, to me it's, like a multi front war. It's just like okay, once again, like definition of insanity. Let's like let's just keep trying this rigged game where okay, well you're in a primary in Cleveland as a 
um, as a Democrat, as a uh, leftward Democrat, and they're going to, all the Dems are going to fucking knife you in the primary. Yeah, um, they are. Because how dare you challenge another Democrat, or you run independent and you face all those challenges. Well, I think I think the value of a I, I don't think anyone's had really I think it's about messaging and I think like Annette Cleveland has put herself in a position which is being re- like you can see it with what the Colombians doing it's a really bad look. So if someone wanted to run on this is what Annette Cleveland did to you. Like this is where she's getting her money from. She's been awful on all of these things. Like, there's a powerful anti-Annette Cleveland candidate that could appear. Yeah, but what's the conventional politic or the conventional wisdom going to tell you about how to run that campaign? Oh, my opponent. Oh, don't attack them. Don't tell them See, how. Don't that, sound personally offended about how they've fucked over people. Yes, and that's where I I really think that we haven't seen a a campaign willing to throw that wisdom out the door and go, you know, bare knuckle brawl with Annette Cleveland. Cause you don't even need to fucking make shit up. You just need to put a spotlight on all of the shit she's doing and just keep pounding that home. Um, and, but don't go. Yeah. Don't go don't, low. Focus yeah. on yourself. Focus on oh, your, Jesus. your nice policy. That's self-sabotage. That is self-sabotage. That does not work. Like, we have like we have no good narratives on the left. We have good narratives on the left. We have no one who is like well enough versed and organized enough to speak those narratives. Like I I I feel like this the you know you get into this thing and then you you have like the pressure to run a, a traditional campaign or a you know something that you can't you you like you said when they go low we go high type bullshit which just serves to defeat your own purpose. Here's an idea. How about a a candidate? Maybe not, I, you know, it all starts with a movement, right? Yes. How about a movement that just playing on this social housing initiative thing because I think it's fucking cool and also we're in a housing crisis. We need a real solutions. This is something that's internationally proven. Yep. Um, it's a model that works. Um so imagine if we had this like grassroots organizing, you know, the 90 people from Clark County that went up there are like, all right, let's, 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 uh, you know, let's do something proactive about this loss or let's, let's, let's do something else. And then we have this organized movement and it so happens that one person in this movement or leading this movement happens to also be running against Annette Cleveland who fucked everybody over on housing. Now you have this, mm-hmm. this candidate. And I mean, those are what the, those are the candidates that we love that they're actually like championing. They're right. walking the walk. They're right. doing the thing. And yeah, I mean, it's the question. It's just a question of like, okay, how much are you going to funding wise? How much are you going to put into like actually organizing this ballot initiative um, at the same time, how many eggs are you going to put in each of those baskets? Right. I guess it just, yeah. And that's there's no clear answer to that because I think like you can. I, I it it really depends on the organization. It depends on the people. It depends on the moment in time. I don't. I can see. I can see. Potential for either one of those like avenues. At least I I think that it is we are too 
too many eggs in the basket of electoralism. I yes. think that's where we're at I, right now. I don't disagree. I'm ready to like the, the, the MGP versus Kent thing. I am not going to put a ounce of my energy into that. It's, it's pointless. That's someone, yeah. That's you someone know, else's job. Let the pres- Democratic yeah, let, Party let the do Democratic that shit. Democratic Party do that shit. And pre- same thing with the presidential election, which unfortunately, like those elections, do kind of overshadow. Okay. Say you wanted to do a ballot initiative, and I do. I did listen to the episode. Full disclosure: I don't necessarily remember all of the details. You want to do a ballot initiative. You want to circumvent all this shit. What would need to be done, and how much does it actually circumvent? There's a process where you you put into play this, and, and there's like a number of signatures or whatever. This exists on the state level, but it also li- exists on like a city level. Where, yeah, it's a it's an initiative that is brought right. by the citizenry, and you collect. Uh, you know, I don't know the 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 entire parameters of it, but you're usually like collecting signatures. You get enough signatures, then you get it on the ballot to vote for it up or down as a, as its own as policy its own, rather right. than voting up or down on a, on a candidate or whatever. Right. And it gets on the ballot and enough people vote for it. Is that, and then it, it passes and then it passes and yeah. then that's it. Yeah. Like the city council can't do something about it or no. I mean, I'm sure that if word got around, which it would, <laughs> That, uh, you know what I mean? There's going to be, there's going to be like naysayers and people fighting against it. And I think you could get, you know, you would want to get like endorsements of those local decision makers or whatever, but it's, you know what I mean? It's like, we're in a crisis right now. No, we're going to like switch. And oh, that's the other fucking thing, dude, that we didn't talk about is, (laughs) okay. Say, say we replace Annette Cleveland with the most beautiful person, right? We replace her. We got that good person. Yes. Then uh, don't you think maybe another, probably another corporate dem exists on that housing committee or in that legislature that would then get all the lobbying and funding at them, even if they haven't gotten it already, they're going to get it harder. Or there's this rotating villain theory. Oh, you know, Annette's taking the fall this time. Someone else will take the fall the next time. You know what I mean? Same that goes on in Congress. Right. Oh, sorry. Just Joe Manchin. When it's like, oh, actually reports are secretly like 10 of these Democrats don't support this thing and don't want this thing to pass. But Mr. Manchin gets to take the fall. And then he gets to blame it on he's in a purple district. And then (laughs) the blame goes down the line. So it's like, how much are we going to invest in that versus? And that's what I'm saying. It's like, I agree with you multi front, but I don't fucking see that. I mean, that's what I'm saying. We can't even get enough people to show up. I mean, the the most that people show up for climate is not even that much Mm -hmm. on a local level when like like a climate action plan is happening with with all of the the cities in the in the county right now. Here's a counterpoint and it's not I, I absolutely and it's not a I don't know, it's more of a thought experiment than an actual here's an argument why you're, you know, off base on this thing because I don't think you are. I think that makes a a huge amount of sense, especially if you can do it directly. Like that's something that hadn't really like because we're trained to think that these these we have to go through the politicians. There, you still have the same problem of getting, you know, drumming up interest, getting the signatures. Like I've, I keep going back to the Kim Harlow's campaign, but that was not a huge group of people. Like a small, radically devoted team, 
you know, pulled off a, a small miracle or an even a moderate sized miracle, like to get her on city council. And I just, I feel like how, how it's, it's really a primeval, like feeling of how much can we just let these people have their own way? You know, you want to like slap them out of their, their, their positions, you know, you want to be able to crucify them with the shitty policies they're making. I, I think it's easier maybe to like get a get a small passionate group and organize a single campaign around a single person than it would be an entire issue getting like because that would take a great deal of manpower and coordination to get people out on the street, spreading the word, getting signatures on that, you know, getting it on the ballot and getting it voted in. But it's also addressing a crisis and it's a it's a tangible issue and yeah. people are sick of politicians. If yeah. I'm on the street begging people to support a politician, they're probably not going to listen to me. If I'm on the street going, hey, social housing here, let me talk to you. I mean, maybe they'll still tell me to fuck off, right? Because no well, one likes I, petition gatherers. But of, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I do. I'm, I'm a weirdo, though. I, like yeah, come no, up, I go I'm, up. I'm like, what are I don't you, care what, are you, what you show up to my door with. I'll be very nice to you. I don't know. I'm just like, what? what is next? I feel, I just feel like I would be, and also like, I feel like I'm doing too much, so I'm not going to be the guy <laughs> leading the thing, but I would be, <laughs> that's probably everybody's excuse, but I like, I would be personally energized by something like a local gra- grassroots and, you know, not a state one, like a city one, you yeah. know what I mean? Social housing initiative. I would be energized by people who are younger than me attending council meetings. Mm -hmm. That rarely happens. I mean, we haven't even... That's what I'm saying. Like, we haven't even tried the strategy of putting pressure on the people that are there that we have the closest, like, (laughs) chance of pushing, which would be our our county council and our city councils. Yeah. Those those would be the people. I feel like we have not... I mean, how many... I don't know. How many thousands, tens of thousands of people li- live in Clark County and, and the cities and everything? And how we ma- don't see that many people. Right. Not because, even freaking email comments. Well, it fucking... I wish I had another beer to crack. We're all <laughs> caught up in the system. We are all ground down by, like, our day-to-day lives. It makes sense to me. Because I, I used to go speak at, like, city council meetings and that takes a lot of energy and a lot of people don't like really don't like I really don't like public speaking it makes me incredibly nervous even you know through the virtual thing they're doing that or they have an option to do like it, it just talk to to say your piece like and and hope that it's coherent and you're not just a, a, up there being a blathering idiot for three minutes yeah, but I have much less sympathy for the excuse that, like, nobody can send an email, especially when yeah. it's, like, you know, a lot of groups kind of lay it out well, for you, what the thing is, I, what the talking part <sighs> points are. Like, you can send a fucking email and talk about why something matters to you, and I, I don't know. It's just, like, it's so I, woefully... I, I mean, it's the same as the, you know, the number of people that vote, like, the, yeah. the voting percentages, you know what I mean? Like. Yeah. How are you going to run a campaign when, like, nobody votes? I mean, the apathy is just well out I, of control. I, I think, like, one of the biggest problems from the word go, from the, like, back from when, you know, Sunrise Southwest Washington was still active, like, 
one of the biggest questions, which we never solved, how do we get through this apathy? And I think that's going to be a challenge, whether we want to go electoral or like, you know, movement, direct action, push for a, a, you know, initiative type deal. And I think like, I think some of that apathy is deserved. I think burnout is a very real thing. God knows I've been dealing with a fair amount of it. I don't know how you've managed all this shit. I don't know, man. Well, that's the thing. Okay, like, I, I know I'm just repeating there, there, myself. There are psychological issues at play. <laughs> let's let's just say that. My mental health has not been the greatest. Exactly. And, that, dude, that's why, that's why I think, like, it's like, okay, if I think of, like, things people are sick of, it's it's politicians. No one has any trust anymore. And it's, you know, it's related to this campaign financing stuff. Yep. Like, it is so hard to invest your time, your money, your trust, all these things. And that's why the social housing thing was so inspiring to me because it was like this coalition like formed out of this reaction to some fucked up corrupt shit they were doing at the city level. And then like after they won that thing, they're like, okay. And this is what you and I have talked about. Philip is like how we're always on the defensive, Mm -hmm. just trying to fight back this bad stuff that keeps happening. Yeah. And then they, so they, they fought back the bad thing and then they said, okay, wait, no, actually we're going to come up with a real housing solution. We're going to stop letting these people tell the narrative of what the answer is. Mm -hmm. And we are going to do something proactive and new and something that's exciting and can really garner a movement, can really, really uh, bring people back into something. And so I don't know, like, I, I don't know how you do that, but I just feel like I don't see that happening through a politician and I just every person I can even think of that I ever idolized that ran for office has just completely disappointed me. And, you know, it's systemic and it's probably psychological. It's all kinds of things. And there's power dynamics that I have no have never experienced. But it's (laughs) like we get these people in. I'm just saying, like, that's no, my no, apology you're, you're, for, like, the squad or whatever, you know what I mean? Like a better argument than I am right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but, like... I'm like, crap, I've got no ground to stand on anymore. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I just don't see... I don't see who that who that person is. Any... To run... Well, talking about that, running against the next that's, Cleveland. That's fair, because like, we all have this, like, ever since Bernie Sanders, we've all had this idealized, like, we want the next champion to rise up to fucking slay the dragon. Like, the right has its heroes. They have their... It's easy to be a hero if you're a fascist. They have their Joe Kents. They have their Donald Trumps. They have their their cult of personality. You know, the left, not so much. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And when I think of just, like, in our community, you know, it's like, I know there are, like, certain people talking about primarying in Cleveland, but I also think, like, God damn, if they were spending all their time doing that and not all the other shit that they do... Yeah oh boy, that stuff would be lost. You know what I mean? So I just, I just so worry about like the investment thing. And I just, you know what I mean? It's like, you know I just what? want someone to, tr- and maybe we could do both, but it's like, let's at least try a different strategy of like more well, organized showing up to I, push policy at the local level. Yeah. Somehow. Yeah. Somehow. Well, I think, I think there's a couple different things there. I think if you're just trying to get people to show up to study council meetings, that's not going to work because that's the same old like we have to go expend a large amount of energy and then it won't matter anyway type mindset that we've been dealing with but i also think that like with the initiative stuff like if it's legitimately new 
if it's something that legitimately has not been tried, if we can get away from this fucking, and I'll admit, I am kind of bound to this idea of like, I want someone I can believe in. And that's easiest with a, you know, someone running for a specific office I can just hyper-focus on. But it is the trap of small gains in in the middle of a crisis, as you said. Um, we don't fucking have time. And same with climate. I mean, we're talking about housing here, but like yeah. climate, it's like, dude, we cannot fucking wait four yeah, years, no. two years. Th- that, oh, that's... just got to wait for the right guy. Yeah, no, we can't fucking go through many more of these cycles, if any at all. Like, it, it takes too long. It takes too long. They're shitty. They, they, it just doesn't work it functionally. And that's kind of why I've been in a bind about how do we move forward. I, I, it's, it's, this is therapy with Philip. This is me peeling back my own <laughs> psyche to look at my own biases. I know. Because I have yeah. been like, ever since Bernie Sanders like came out of nowhere and did something radically different and changed everything. I've been hoping for like that on a local level. And I like, I was all in on the Jesse James campaign. I was all in on the um, Kim Harless campaign. I was all in on the Leah Perkel campaign. You know, we're, we're looking, we're looking, looking for a fucking hero. And like, I guess, but we're, there's no heroes in like, sorry, I just have to, just (laughs) because you said that dreams right now, just because you said that, dude, Yeah, yeah, no, Tiffany from how's our neighbors. She said, what did she say? She said, we need to get away from this idea that someone is going to be here to save us. No one is here to save us. Well, we are here that's to save us. what I'm working through in real time on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I said you were making a better argument than I am, because I'm kind of like, oh, God damn it. I might have to, I might have to disabuse myself of a few things. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a difficult question because it, it's, I mean, it's a question of strategy and the the consequences are honestly like life or death when well, you really yeah. think about it. And it's, and it's like, it's so, it's but, so difficult because we are so, the powerful interests are so powerful yeah. and that's why people give up. Right. Yeah. That's why oh, they finally give up. Cause they think it doesn't matter. <laughs> and, but then that's just self-fulfilling prophecy. I, I will, I refuse to accept that there's nothing we can do. I refuse to like, just go into this nihilistic, well, guess I'll make as myself as comfortable as I can while we all slide down into hell. Exactly, like, and it's like it's a privileged a privileged perspective to to say, oh, I'm just going to give up on all yeah. of it because obviously you're comfortable to some degree if you're going to say some people have no choice but to fight. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. And I think you know you're talking about these movements for ballot initiatives. Those movements still need leaders and organizers and people who can bring people together behind a common idea. Exactly. Would a leader emerge? You know what I mean? Chicken and egg, then. So I can buy that. I can buy that. I can buy that you need to lay the foundation for a political leader through a movement. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, we're there. 